All right, so uh, we're in the second part of the new series. You remember what the name of the series is? Passionately presenting God's truth and grace and truth. Passionately. You know, I'm, I'm full of passion. I don't know if you've realized that yet. I, I, I just, I'm passionate about certain things, you know. Other things that I don't, that I don't have an interest in, I, I'm not real passionate about. I, you can only be passionate about certain things, you know. And uh, it's the good things that I'm passionate about. Amen. So I love to to teach people. I love to like God was just opening eyes this morning. I just felt that that was the the kind of central theme that I was getting at this morning. And uh, the the title of my sermon today is "Light Dispels Darkness." And all the songs are picked out and everything. It just kind of directed us right into that. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody once said. The world at its worst needs the church at its best. Yes. And that's so true today. In this hour, in this country that we live in, around the world, even even around the world, the, the church needs to be at its best at this hour in history. And uh, we here at Maranatha can do our part in helping to make the church, worldwide church, the best it can be. We can do our part here. And what we do, I want to tell you all, what we do here is we give uh, all of the tithes that, that are given to our church. Then we take a tithe and above of that money and send it around the world. Uh, we give some to Ron Wallach. He's building churches in Mexico. We're a part of that. You're a part of that. Every soul that gets saved, uh, money that you've given to this church goes to help. Do the things they need to get the gospel spread through the countries that we give money to. Mexico, uh, the Philippines, India, uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Uh, sometimes they even go into Cuba and uh, other, other islands. Uh, but we send money all around the world uh, to ministries that are based in these countries. And even here in America, other ministries, we, we sow seed into them as well. But but that's what we're doing. That's our part that we're doing here. And you pray for those people uh, to to be the best that we can be, uh, help make the church to be the best that it can be. Amen. So uh, we want to be covering. We're going to be covering several things that we can do here at Maranatha. And I pray that you'll be equipped over the next several weeks uh, in this series uh, as we purpose in our hearts to allow the light of God's Word to shine in the darkness of these moral and social hot-button issues uh, in our day. Everyone who calls themselves a Christian should not be silent and just live quietly in an unseen corner of society where they're barely noticed. Agreed? Yes. Uh, you are all called to be saved. You are all called to be saved. And, but God has much for you to do yes. than just being saved. He has a life for you to live yes. that, that he needs you. He needs your hands and feet. Amen. How many, how many of you believe that God's word, is, the Bible, is true? Yeah, I believe it all the way. And, uh, and everybody, everybody wants to argue, well, what about this translation or that translation? No, that's... that's it's from the original Bible 
Bible that they put together, that's what the truth is. That's where the truth is. It doesn't, all these translations are just man's different thoughts and different uh, interpretations of how to read it. And, uh, but I believe by faith and receive salvation, uh, we, we all do. We believe by faith and receive salvation by grace. But then what? Once we get saved, then what? So as we begin to read God's Word and study and learn what real truth is uh, from the Holy Spirit, we begin to build a foundation of truth. Who, who wrote the Bible? Who, who wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit worked through, through men. It's 66 books, and they were written by men, and they were inspired writings. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these books that, they, that are in the Bible. And all of these uh, hot-button issues in our culture today are merely the lightning rods of conflict and controversy. Uh, we see it all. We see it every day on the news. The real issue before the church and us as Christians today is what is truth? What is right? What is wrong? And then how is that truth communicated? And I'm not teaching on this subject to bash anyone. I'm not attacking anyone. God loves us all. Uh, but we must learn the truth and then minister the truth in the power uh, and the grace of God. So the church is losing its commitment and courage to believe and stand for what Jesus and our forefathers in the faith have given their lives for. I mean, people have died for this truth to continue. You know, all the disciples could have fled and, and, and just said, no, we don't believe in it. We're, we're going to save our lives. But they didn't. They stood there. They stood in faith and believed. And they were killed. Any of them were killed, you know, for, for the truth. Some, some in the church today have used uh, truth like a, like a billy club. And beat people up with it. But today we've become, and we've become so fearful of being unpopular and uneducated or old-fashioned, outdated and intolerant that we've become lukewarm, yes. apathetic, and anemic. We don't want to talk about these issues. So the church has just been silent over the last 70 years because they just want people. They don't want, they don't want transformed people. And I'm not about that at all. If I'm not making any progress with you people, I'm not doing my job. Amen. So I want to bring, I'm going to present, the, I'm going to present, and I'm passionately going to present God's grace and truth to those who come to this church. And uh, I'm not concerned about criticisms uh, of what anybody thinks or says about me, because I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for God. I'm not speaking for man. Amen. Honestly, in, in many of the churches today, they, they, they don't even know what they believe about some of these issues. They, so they just avoid it. They just avoid it. They're not sure what the Bible says. And uh, many even doubt that what the Bible says is relevant to today. So we need to build a solid foundation. So what I, what I want to do, this is the uh, second part. Am I in the second part? Yeah, of this series. And we need to establish a solid foundation of Biblical truth uh, in order to be confident when we're faced with opposing views in society today. We need to know what what does God say about this? Yes. You need to know. 
And listen, many of these issues are very divisive uh, and bring confusion in families and in churches too. And we already have a generation of Christ followers. We already have a generation of Christ followers who have embraced the values and morals of our culture rather than those of God's Word. Uh, So if we take our relationship with Jesus seriously, and His Word as the standard of all truth, it's the plumb line. His Word is the plumb line. Then we can't help but understand that there's no place and no room for compromise on the moral and social issues in our culture today. There's no room for it. And let me say this, as Christians, we are to be deeply concerned about any kind of injustice. We are. Uh, Famine, hunger, we are concerned about that, the Bible says, to feed the hungry. Slavery of any kind, we're against that. Violence, uh, moral erosion and the disintegration of the family, we're against all that. And God is for us. I want to bring both grace and truth to this subject and who brought grace and truth to the world? Jesus did. John 1.17 says this, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, what was the law given for? It was a good thing. It was a good thing. And aren't you guys, you don't have to live by the law today. Yeah. But the law was given by Moses to, 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 to show those people that he was leading at the time, the children of Israel, that they needed God in their lives. And he, the law was just given to show them all these things that they had to do. And they were all saying, well, we can't do all that. And they couldn't. They needed God's help. They needed God. So the law was good in, in that it showed us that it was going to be impossible for us to ever live by the law. Even today... Because of what Jesus came and did and brought grace and truth, if we still today tried to live by the law, we still wouldn't be good enough to get to heaven. Because the only way to heaven is through the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus Christ. You can't be good enough. And see, people today, they just strive to be good enough to make it. Well, I'll come to church when I get good enough. You know, I'm just... Not living right now, and I know it. So I won't come to church until I get good enough. You're never going to get good enough. People always say, I'll come someday. Well, Sunday's not a day of the week. Sunday is. Amen. Amen. But and the, the, uh, the uh, Passion Translation says it, that same verse like this. It says, Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the Anointed One, unveiled truth, wrapped in tender mercy. Hallelujah. Now, see, when we have people that have opposing views of Christianity, we we don't protest. We don't come out there and throw a wall-eyed fit and say, "You you you're wrong," you know. And that's not that's not what wrapped in tender mercy is. We love them and we pray for them. And listen, God wants everybody saved. He wants everybody saved. He wants everybody come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. He has much to say about today's culture. And through His grace and mercy, we must bring the light, not heat, to these issues. Jesus is the light of the world. And through Him and the grace and truth He brings, 
We can shed light on the darkness today. That's what we're called to do. Jesus always treated people with dignity. Remember the lady that was caught in adultery? She was an adulteress. She really was. And Jesus treated her with dignity. He went to her. And he defended her. Not her sin. He defended her. He told her, when, where are your accusers? All of those other men had to drop the rocks because they couldn't defend their own selves, their own sins. But he told her, go and sin no more. And that's our message in bringing the light on situations. Uh, we don't excuse sin and we don't, we don't uh, turn our head to sin. Nobody does that as a Christian. You're, you're compromising if you do. But in love, you want to see people changed. Yes. God has a better life. Amen? So, he always treated people with dignity and respect unless their motives and hypocrisy showed otherwise. The Pharisees, who were the religious people of the day, and we still have Pharisees today. They're, not, they, they're in other kind of churches or something, and they're just... They're, they're pointing out everything that's wrong with everybody else but them. And they don't realize that there's three fingers pointing back at them. See these three? When they point one out, three coming back. Because he would tell them, Jesus told them, you, you, you clean the outside, and, but, you're, but the inside of the cup is filthy dirty. He was telling, see, their hypocrisy. He was pointing out, their hypocrisy. And a lot of people today, they say, well, I don't want to go to church because it's just full of hypocrites. Well, we're all a work in progress. Yeah. Amen. I'm not denying there's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. I'm not denying that. But there's truth here, too. There's not truth out there anywhere you're going to get. You have to come to Christ to find out the real truth. Amen. Jesus came to the earth and brought light to a dark world. And today, we are carriers of light also. We are. I want us to look at what the prophet Isaiah saw in the Spirit and prophesied to those in his day. And we, we today see the fulfillment of this prophecy in Jesus Christ as Messiah, as Messiah's coming to the earth. Now, remember that uh, Isaiah wrote this some 750 years before Christ. 700, can you imagine and think back yourself what happened 750 years ago? But Jesus, this was Isaiah, a prophet of God, wrote this about the Christ, the Messiah, 750 years before he ever appeared. Would you, would you go out on a limb today and, and prophesy something? It wouldn't matter because nobody's going to live that long to know if it was true or not. But we know because we have the Scripture. We have the Word of God. Amen. He saw ahead to the day when the Messiah would come. Jesus, you know, Jesus was pretty radical. He was radical. He didn't fit the mold of the religious leaders of the day. And the prophet Isaiah spoke of the people of God, and he made it clear that they are also called to not fit the mold of the religious leaders of their time. What attracted people to Jesus was the fact that he brought light into their darkness. The grace and truth which came through Jesus, opened the eyes of those whose eyes had been blinded by the enemy of truth. Who's the enemy of truth? Satan himself. Satan, yes. 
We also are to take this message of the gospel of grace and truth to this world today and bring light into the darkness. God exhorts us through the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Look at this, what he said. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, he's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus 750 years before Jesus appeared on the scene. It says, And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. The glory of God is something to be seen. His presence in us is to be seen. When we were feeling that presence this morning in worship, it's to be seen. You can't hide it. It's to be seen. It's to be experienced. God's intent has always been that His glory would be evident in us, the church. He called us the called out ones. Ecclesia, the called out ones. We've been called out of the world to be light to the world. Amen? So we can be, so we can be fully exposed and that His light will be exposed through us on the earth today. God's God wants His light to shine in you and through you. What does, what does light do? It, it dispels darkness. Light dispels darkness. Quit singing. Quit singing. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That might be a pretty little song, but let, let's get out the 100,000 watt LEDs. Quit bringing out your little pen light. Amen. Let's get out the... I like what LED... You know what LED stands for? Light-emitting deity. Light-emitting deity. Jesus is the light of the world. doesn't really mean it. It's a diode or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I like to say it like that. LED, light-emitting deity. His truth. His truth is what brings light without heat. And it's full of grace. It doesn't have to be an argument. Don't get into arguments with people. You, you, make, you make it, if you argue with people, you just close the door. Don't ever, I tell people all the time when you're witnessing to people, don't ever end in an argument. Because you just close the door. Always end with, I'll pray for you, brother. You know, I'll pray for you. You know. But don't ever end in a heated argument. Don't bring heat with the Word of God. Bring light. Truth reveals. When people see truth, they can't deny truth. We must take the light of the world to this world around us. And the light of the world is Jesus. we just got to take Jesus to people. Listen, people may not like Christians. And a lot of people hate Christians today. But they love Jesus. Because Jesus was radical. He wants you to be the same way. Amen? I believe a major reason is there's so much darkness. And get this, listen to this. This is a very good statement. Very true statement. I believe a major reason there's so much darkness in the world today is because of the absence, absence of God's light and glory. How many agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Remember now, we're establishing a biblical foundation of truth from the Word of God. Jesus, the light of the world, 
He's come. And we're going to look at some verses of Scripture about light. Uh, now let's look at John 1. John 1, 1 through 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me just say something back. Go back to that verse. Because I want to just let you people know some truth that you need to understand. Jehovah Witness ever come to your door? They, that, you point them back to that scripture right there. Take out your Bible and then let them show you their Bible, that verse. And at the end of that verse, their God says, it's a little g. Their, in their verse, it's a, it's a little g at the end. Was a God. Yeah, it says was a God. Because they don't want Jesus to be God. But he is. So you just take them right there and say, well, mine is a capital. My Bible is a capital God. Why is yours a little God? Well, because, well, uh, we are, me and Kim, we didn't argue with them. We, we spoke with them out on the front porch for a time. And we would, here, here's what we would always do. And it might be cruel, but we did it anyway. <laughs> we would always, they always bring a little child with them. Some of them have a little child with them. We would speak to those children. We would tell those children, when you, when you get old enough to understand, you get you a real Bible. Amen. And don't read that Bible. Go read you a different Bible. We would tell them, Man, I don't know. that was kind of cruel. And they would get mad. They'd leave. Then. They'd turn around. <laughs> that's how you get rid of them and start talking to their kids. <laughs> but that's one truth that you need to understand about Jehovah Witnesses. Because they don't believe Jesus is God. Any, any, I told you that last week. Any religion that doesn't believe Jesus is God, deity, doesn't, doesn't appoint deity to God, to Jesus, is a cult. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them all around us. They're right all around us all the time. You need to know the truth. Now, okay. Verse 2. He was in, he was in the beginning with God. I better get my Bible out so I can read it All things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. This is so good. Isn't it good? Let me just get there to John, and I can read it better. I always tell people to read. That's one of the first books I tell people when they become a new Christian. First, One of the first books I tell them to go read. Read this. Read the book of John. Start there. And the light shines, verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. See, the people in darkness, they don't understand the truth of God's Word. So they, they don't understand it. There was a man, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was, he was a Baptist. Y'all knew that, didn't you? This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all, See, is, there, is it light? See, light's even capitalized. Because it's, it's pointing to deity. Anytime a, a, a noun is pointing to deity, it's going to be capitalized in the Bible. In a real Bible. That all through him might believe. He was not the light. He was not that light. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Which gives light to every man coming into the world. The true light. He was the true light. Then verse 12. John 8. No. John 8 verse 12. Says. Then Jesus spoke to them again. Saying. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He's talking about everybody who believes in him. 
Colossians 1, 12 through 15 says this. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the, first, the firstborn over all creation. Amen. First Peter 2.9 says this. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. He's talking about you. Yes. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Yes. See, Jesus didn't call us just call us out of something, but he called us into something too. Amen. Yes. You always remember, you came out, but you're going into something too. And God wants you to be light to the world in his marvelous light. Amen. Uh First Thessalonians 5, 5. I'm just giving you some scriptures about light. Well, that I missed First Peter. I'm sorry. Did we get that? No, we did that one. The next one. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light, except you who are girls, and y'all are daughters of light, and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Amen? Okay, and in Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have no fellowship. With the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Amen. Philippians 2.15 says that you may become blameless, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. We're establishing a biblical foundation of truth from the Word of God. When we were saved... When, when we're saved, God, Jesus gives us His light, and we take this light to the world, our world. And we are all called to be light. You're all called to be light. Just as you're all called to be saved, you're all called to be light too. Maranatha is called to be a light. Uh, remember how John saw the churches in Revelation 120? As lamp stands, look at it, Revelation 120. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lamp stands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lamp stands which you saw are the seven churches. So we see a church as a light too. We are a light to the world. So let's look at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Four through six. I had a lot of scriptures today. It says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. See, who's the, who's the God of this age? The devil himself. And he's got a little G. Who do not believe, lest the, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. 
For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who was shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Johnson's paraphrase of this scripture, uh, Matthew, uh, let me read Matthew. One more scripture and then we're going to close with this. I've given you a lot of information today. But uh, the Johnson's paraphrase of Matthew 5.16 says this. Uh, did I have the, the King James first? That's the King James. Or, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And the, the Johnson's paraphrase says this. Let your own actions light the way of others, of other persons, so that they may discover the way to live. And knowing that the source of your being is God, they will fulfill his purpose and plan and thank him in the process. Amen. I didn't read the other 15 and 16 on that. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Get your whole house saved. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They're not for you. It's not for your glory. It's for your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. The only answer to the darkness in this world is to increase the light. Listen, we're... we're we, many people, and, and, we, and we, we need to vote. We need, in political races, we need to vote because we want people of light to be elected. That's right. All right? So you need to understand that. But, uh, but remember, always remember, it's not a politician that's going to lead us. We need to expose the darkness and we need to increase the light to change this world. It's not going to be a politician to change this world. But we need to elect politicians who have light too. All of us can penetrate the darkness around you. Are you being light in your world? Are you being light in your world? If we can just increase the light in our world, increase the light in our homes, we can make a difference. We can change the atmosphere of our homes by bringing light in the homes and not allowing darkness to be in the home. Amen? Each one of us can do that. We can make the gospel more visible to those living in darkness. And if we as a church, Maranatha, can be a beacon of light in this region, we can dispel the darkness here in Luling as well. Amen? And surrounding areas. Uh, the purpose of this message today is to build a foundation of truth for you to see that we have the truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The secular world does not and cannot even see the truth because they haven't received the light. They can see His light in us, though. Hopefully, they can see His light in us. I want to tell you this. Wherever you're working or you're in school or whatever you're doing, if other people around you don't see your light, you need to turn it up. Look at that. Turn it up. Say something. Turn it up. You need to turn it up. We can do more. We can shine brighter. We can. Every light is great. But all the light shining together is powerful. When we're all shining, it's powerful. I want you to, I want to just do an illustration. Turn the lights off. Turn all the lights off. Well, let's just leave that up. That's okay. But see, it gets dimmer now. Now, as you bring more light in, just bring a little more light. A little more light. 
and a little more light, and a little more, and a little more light, and a little more light. See? See, when you bring them all up, when you, bring, when you shine bright, it lights up everything. I can see everybody now. I can see clearly now. Yeah, but see what light does. And you can just go, you just need to know how important light is. We just, this is just an illustration. But your light will shine in the darkness wherever you, wherever your world is. And you need to make it shine. You need to make it shine. Let it shine. And, and I won't be no little pen light. Amen. I'm talking about bright lights. Amen. If you don't know how to do that, call the electrician. He'll help you brighten, brighten things up around there. Amen. Let's pray. Was this good? Let's pray. Father, we've given our uh, a mandate to take your light and shine into this world. And we're in this world, but we are not contaminated by its values and mentality. And so, Father, as we walk in this light, we will dispel the darkness with boldness. We will not fear what man may do, but we will shine like stars in the darkness around you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I pray that you'll all just begin to shine brighter and brighter. Amen. Doesn't, hey, I'm not, I, I shouldn't be the only light bulb in the house. 